Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to the State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined, as always, by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. Raiders are sitting at 1-2 and two after a 26-18 loss to the Steelers that will long be remembered for one of the most indefensible fourth-down calls I, I, I can think of in recent memory. Josh McDaniels electing to kick a field goal down eight points. Facing a fourth and four with 225 to play. We can talk about this, and either way, they were most likely going to lose that game. But his field goal decision dropped them. I think it was a difference of five percentage points in terms of win probability. It it dropped them from 15 to 10%. They were probably going to lose the game anyway, but he essentially took away really any opportunity for them to tie the game. They kicked the field goal, and as probably would have predicted at that moment, the Steelers are able to pretty much run out the clock. Raiders get it back with 12 seconds left. Indefensible to, to me, that 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 call. Um, and I think McDaniels, he won't admit that he was wrong, but the way he talked a day later, you know, where I can see both sides, I understand the criticism. He probably knows it was the wrong call, but uh, it just not going to forget that one for a while. Yeah, I mean, it, it's pretty bad because, one, you're down one possession. So if you kick the field goal, you have to get a stop knowing that the Steelers are just trying to get one first down to end the game. You really got to trust your defense to get a three and out in that situation. I mean, the Raiders defense has been one of the worst in the NFL. And then you have, if you do get the ball back, you have to drive the length of the field again anyways to score. And what makes it even worse is that he made the decision twice because he made the decision to kick the field goal. The Steelers bailed him out with a leveraging call, which got them another first down. They wasted nearly another minute off the clock and then decided to kick the field goal again. So it was just all around uh, one of the worst coaching decisions that uh, you, you know, you'll see around the league that that week or you know maybe for the whole season. I mean, it, it's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, Josh's defense was that you still need two possessions to win the game. But really, you're looking at it the wrong way, I think. You're looking, you need one position to keep the game going. You want, you want tying the game has some value. I think if you go for it there, let's say worst-case scenario, you don't make it, they still have the ball at the 22-yard line. You still have the, them kind of you know pegged back a little bit. You still can make your defensive stand there and get the ball back. So I still think uh, the worst-case scenario was definitely a lot better in that situation. And also... 
Um, you know, early in the fourth quarter, they went for it on fourth and five, didn't make it. So I think once you don't go for a field goal there, and you're, you're kind of you're setting the tone like you're, you're, we're going for it. You know, I believe in my offense. So I thought, and my, my my stance was that it's a lack of confidence in your offense. Instead of putting the game in the hands of Devontae Adams, you're putting the game in the hands of, you know, the two safeties, you know, Nate Hobbs and Marcus Epps, who made a miscommunication on that third down play, and that was a ball game. So uh, I do think it was a bad decision, and historically it hasn't been done. I feel like the defense was playing fine in that game. I was more not believing that the offense was going to be able to drive the length of the field again because it just – hadn't really had much success the entire game and so I mean you're in that situation I think it was what the eight, the eight yard line or something like that I mean that's prime scoring range you haven't been able to have much success moving the ball all game like you might as well go for it like what are the, what are the chances of you getting back down there and um, even if you do get the ball back with with a good amount of time left like it just hadn't it's not like the offense had been moving the ball up and down the field the whole game and, and you know it was going to be no doubt that they would get back there and so yeah, you know, bad decision. Should have should have definitely gone for it. Obviously, it doesn't guarantee they, they would have gotten it. <laughs> you know, I think we see that sometimes the Chargers uh, going for it on fourth and one at their own 20-yard line or whatever. And, you know, going for it, there is the good decision, I guess, you know, according to analytics, but not if you do a fullback dive. So, you know, still got to make the right play call and execute and all that. Maybe they don't get it, but you would rather them give themselves a chance instead of just, you know, sort of passing on it there. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like McDaniels was kind of hung up by the idea of, well, we, you know, we were going to have to get a touchdown and a two-point conversion, and by kicking the field goal, then if we get a we get the ball back, we can win with just a touchdown, and none of it makes a whole lot of sense. And and the more he tries to explain it, it, it makes less sense. And I know, you know, some people have said, well, why if you were going to do that, then you should have just declined the penalty and taken the field goal earlier to save time. I mean, that would have been dumb, too. Like, I, I do not agree with that because, OK, you get the penalty. All right. Now, here's our opportunity to then try to go score this touchdown that we need. And we're no longer sitting in a fourth down situation. So I don't agree with that idea that he should have declined the penalty to, to save clock time. Um, he would have been mercilessly ripped for that one, too. Yeah, I agree. That wouldn't have been a, a, a non-starter. You can't do that because we're really saying that I have no confidence in my offense. Well, we get, we get a first down. No, I don't want it. I want the field goal. I want, I want to play defense. So. Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was, um, you know, it was a bad game. They didn't play well, um, and then they had a chance to kind of get back into it, and they had a chance to try and tie the game, and they didn't take that chance, and I think definitely should be blamed for that. You know, and one of the reasons that they didn't play well is, is Jimmy Garoppolo did not play well, uh, and now we don't know if he's going to be available this week. He took a pretty hard hit from Mika Fitzpatrick that did evolve, uh, you know, I know a lot of everyone was ripping it as terms of being a penalty for uh, for roughing the passer, but you know there was it wasn't a direct like leading with the helmet, helmet to helmet hit, but there was some helmet to helmet contact when Fitzpatrick came on that blitz and uh, and, and got Garoppolo, and you could see when he took that hit that he you know, he kind of went face down a little bit and he he seemed a little bit wobbly, uh, not wobbly, but he seemed a little bit shaken up uh, when he went down and. He is in the concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to play. But before we kind of get into that, I mean, we, we've got to address the topic that, I mean, he did not play well in this game. You know, he really has not. We talked about his, the debut where it was kind of the full Jimmy Garoppolo experience where he made some plays when you needed them to win the game. But, you know, he had the, the WTF interception. And what we're seeing right now through three games is not a good Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I mean, even before that hit, you know, we don't want to speculate too much of if that was the one that led to the concussion or not. But even before that, he wasn't playing well. I mean, he threw two pretty bad interceptions. I mean, the second one was just, I don't I really have no idea what he was doing. Um, he just sort of threw a 
off his back foot fade away right into the arms of Patrick Peterson. Well, he, he was he was pointing to a receiver to go downfield, but the only people that went downfield was the defense, and then he threw it to them. I mean, he was, throwing, he was pointing to Devontae Adams on the left side, and then I think he turned to the right and saw T.J. Watt in his face and just said, fuck it, let me just throw this shit up here. So, I mean, anyway, but he, he just, you know, he wasn't playing well. His accuracy was sporadic. Um, he was missing, even outside of interception, he missed a couple throws that he should have made. And, and um, I know, Ted, you pointed out one where it looked like he might have missed a touchdown. It wouldn't have been an easy throw, but it was a throw that he probably could have made to Devontae Adams that, that would have tied the game on that on that second to last drive. And so... It's obviously it's not ideal situations. I mean, they can't run the ball right now. And, and so they're having to go with a very pass heavy pass first offense, kind of similar to the start of last season, honestly. But I think we know that Garoppolo isn't really used to being in that situation from the past few years with the 49ers. I mean, they historically have one of the, the best rushing offenses in the league and he has a ton of great talent around him. So he's not used to being the guy that has to shoulder the load and, and the results haven't been great. I mean, he's he's on pace for 34 interceptions right now. If he were to play in all 17 games, it's, it's obviously not good. And so it's been a been a rough first three games for Garoppolo. Yeah, I think he's trying to do too much. I don't know if he feels the pressure or if he um, maybe the lack of run game has him thinking he has to do more than he should. But clearly he's forcing passes. Clearly he's forcing the ball to Devontae and Jacoby Myers, which yeah, that's okay. And those guys are definitely his two best guys, but he's not spreading the ball around very much. And definitely making decisions which you think um, are not not very smart. So um, and now he's hurt. So um, I, I think he'll be back this week. We'll see. But uh, clearly he has to take a step back and kind of like uh, it's kind of weird to say. You know, he, he seems like a very you know, relaxed guy, kind of Joe Cool. But he's got to take a step back and relax and and not force things as much as he has been so far. Yeah, I mean, he's just a quarterback that needs a lot of help. And you know, with the Niners, he had one of the best running games in the NFL for a long time. And he doesn't have that here with the the Raiders. The Raiders have a bottom tier running game right now, but they have some weapons. They could pass block. They have weapons. And it's it, it built for a, a good quarterback that could just pass. You could air it out with, would thrive in this offense because they got weapons and they could pass block. But the run blocking has been bad. The fact that teams don't respect Jimmy Garoppolo's arm has been bad. Uh, we, we talked about it last pod you know here's some numbers the raiders only rushed into eight man boxes on 30.1 percent of rushes which was 27th last year this season that has jumped up to 39.7 which is the ninth highest in in the league and the run blocking has been bad too i mean it's not just the the extra people in the box last year they they were uh 20 uh, 25th in rushing yards before contact 0.9 that jumped up to 1.7, 1.7, which is 13th, the worst, worst in the league. You know, you're not gonna be able to run the ball and you have the weapons, but Garoppolo doesn't quite have the arm to take advantage of those weapons. So it's a rough situation for the offense right now. You know, and one thing when we talk about the weapons is right now they have nothing at tight end. You look at in the past few years, yeah, Darren Waller was hurt a lot the last couple of years, but even when you didn't have Darren Waller, you had Foster Moreau. Like you had, you know, that, that was a, a position of strength for them. The last few years right now, I mean, they're, they're not really getting anything out of Michael Mayer, Austin Hooper. It's just Vic, you've talked about Mayer's issues as a blocker. It's just he's he's not there at an NFL level and they're not involving him in the passing game. Hooper is not much of a blocker these days. Uh, they, they're, they're getting nothing out of that position. And that's typically the position they've been able to lean on. And typically in the McDaniels offense, tight ends have been a position he's been able to lean on. Yeah, I'm a little surprised about, about the Hooper thing. I think Mayer obviously is going to take some time. I mean, hate to use the word project, but clearly his blocking is an issue where 
I think it may limit how many reps you can get in a game. But Hooper's a guy who's a... Why is every player they draft got to be a project, man? That's just the way they roll. <laughs> but uh, Hooper's a veteran guy who definitely has a skill set. And he showed he made some catches earlier in the year. He showed some, his hands. So I think I'm surprised he's not been involved a little more than he has. But I'm not sure what the reason is. That's maybe Jimmy not looking uh, through the progressions that much or not. But I, I'm surprised Hooper's not getting more, more, more passes. Should have put my boy Fotheringham on the, the active roster, man. They got to get... Wow, I see, I see <laughs> that coming. He's missed. It's not like you know, Darren Darren Waller isn't like having a crazy year for the Giants or anything so far, but he's at least doing something. You know, they're basically, you know, getting nothing from the tight end position this year, and, and they can't run block either. That's been a, a big issue in the run game is um, the tight ends kind of getting getting handled um, from that aspect. And so, but you can say the same thing, slot receiver, to getting nothing right now from Hunter Renfro, and so. Basically, the only two guys that are doing anything in the past game are, are Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. And, like, you know, it's, it's nice that those guys are playing well, but you can't – if you can't run the ball and you only have two guys catching the ball, it makes it pretty easy for defenses to, to key in on your offense. Yeah, I, I still don't understand the um, the lack of targets for Hunter Renfro. You know, you're paying this guy so much money, and then defenses are clearly paying attention to Adams – I mean, even you know that fourth and five when they threw to Jacoby Myers, they cleared cleared out the field for him. They ran a little triple like move route, and Myers couldn't quite get open. And he's been great, but we've seen Hunter Renfro kill guys on triple move routes like that, those little juke routes. But you know that's a that's a play you could design Hunter Renfro for. So yeah, I I still don't get the the lack of targets for him, but I I just don't see it getting any better. Yeah, Tashawn, you got a chance to talk to him on Wednesday. We got a story up right now on the Athletic. Uh, I mean, just what did you get from talking to him? Like, what what do you do? You sense frustration from him? Do you think he has kind of any kind of idea why he's not developing a role in this offense? Yeah, I think he was actually more frustrated last year. You know, I, I think he put a lot of expectations on himself. You know, coming off the Pro Bowl season, and obviously the Raiders had high expectations last year, and. You know, between the injuries and even when he was healthy, he wasn't playing well last year. He, you know, he said he kind of had a he's in a rough place, you know, coming out of the season, both, you know, physically and mentally. And he kind of went back, went back home for a while this offseason instead of stay, sticking around in Vegas and, you know, trying to get himself right back right mentally. And he felt pretty good going into the season. He felt like he had a better, better sense of the scheme and, and knew his role within it. And I mean, the opportunities, you know, just haven't come for him. I mean, he's, you know, he's not a guy that's going to, ruffled too many feathers when it comes to things. But, I mean, he said, you know, he's insinuated, like, he, he can't call the plays. You know, he can't really decide how he's used necessarily. Um, and so, you know, he's just trying to go about his, his business and keep churning away at it. But I think – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but I, I don't I don't think he has, you know, any more insight than the rest of us when it comes to, you know, why he hasn't been as involved as, as you would expect for him to be within the offense. Um, but, you know, it's not a situation – I don't think he's, like, causing issues or, you know – not interacting with his teammates or coaches or so it's, it's nothing like he's like causing an issue in the building and that's why he's not getting targeted. So it's just something from a, from a football standpoint, the Raiders just don't want to get him involved right now. Yeah. I think Hunter's a, he's a pro's pro. I think he's worked hard this off season to kind of, and also mentally get back in the right frame of mind, but clearly they don't feel about him the same way they did when they gave him the extension. I mean, that there's a different feeling about Hunter Renfro then and now. So I don't think you have a, a his role is going to suddenly get bigger. If anything, I think the next guys up are probably you know, Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter, and they use your speed more and get them involved this weekend. So I think those are the guys who will probably get a chance before the tight ends or Renfro to kind of step up in this offense. Yeah, and I think at a certain point, like like they haven't 
you know, we don't have any reporting that they've been shopping Renfro or have trade offers for them. But if you're not going to use them and you're paying them that kind of money, at a certain point, you just got to cut ties and try to get something back for him. It just doesn't make sense just to have him taken up. Like, if you don't want to use them, even having him take up 20, 30 snaps, you know, get that to somebody else then that you want to use, like Trey Tucker or whoever it is. And so, um, and he's, you know, kind of at peace with it. He, he basically, you know, paraphrasing a little bit, you know, if he gets traded, he gets gets traded, you know, like he can't really control that. It kind of is what it is at this point. And so we'll see as, as we get closer to that that Halloween trade deadline, um, you know, if, if something comes together. But it just seems pretty clear that, that he's not in, in the Raiders' plans right now. Yeah, I would imagine at this point his preference, I mean, we're not going to speak for him, but I would imagine at this point his preference would be to get traded. I mean, if you're out there like just running through the motions, and not that he's running through the motions on his snaps, but like, I mean, you're out there running routes, pretty much knowing you're not going to get targeted. What there, There's there's not much fun in that for a guy who, you know, two years ago was looking like, a, you know, one of the emerging best slot receivers in the league, you know, made the Pro Bowl, 1,000 yards, all that. But, um, you know, we, we talked about Garoppolo in the concussion protocol, you know, We'll kind of see his status as the week goes on. If he's not available, probably means Brian Hoyer. And I know uh, Josh McDaniels kind of left an opening that, that you know, they could they would look around, you know, figure out between Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. But uh, but Vic, do you want to kill fans hopes uh, of seeing Aiden O'Connell? Is, is, is there any hope that uh, that O'Connell could get the start ahead of uh, Hoyer? I don't see it. I think at this point in the season, you need the experience. I think that's what they're going to That's what Josh is going to be thinking. We need some guy who knows what he's doing. And obviously, Aiden probably has more upside. Um, clearly, he does. But it's also early to throw a rookie in there on the road for game. I mean, we got so much season to go. I don't know if you want to use that card quite yet if you're Josh McDaniels. So I think you um, you go with Brian Hoyer. Hope the experience can uh, get your offense kind of moving a little, uh, enough to get some points on the board and, and keep the game close to have a chance to win. But I think the risk is probably, in his mind, too high with a rookie quarterback on the road uh, this early in the season. I think it's too safe. I mean... I get it. Hoyer is familiar with offense. He's a veteran, but we, we know what Hoyer is. And, you know, I, I think Aiden O'Connell has shown enough in the preseason and based on, you know, some of the quotes from players like Devontae Adams, the team believes in him. I, I, I would love to see what he could do if, if Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't, doesn't go. Um, I just think it's too safe to, to want to go with the Hoyer. And I don't really buy the idea that he gives you the best chance of winning. Yeah, being, you know, as, as Jimmy Jimmy has pointed out multiple times, it's been a very long time since Brian Hoyer has, has won any football games. So I don't I don't know that he's, you know, exactly boosting your chances um in this one. Like obviously, you know, it's a tough matchup. Like the Chargers, that their defense has been pretty bad, but they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball and you know, it's a road game, a pretty pivotal game for them. I mean, if you drop down to one and three, you're in a pretty deep hole to start the season. Uh so I get the stakes of it, but I just feel like seeing what you have in O'Connell is, would be worth it. I mean, he's a young guy, obviously a rookie. Um, he flashed some in the preseason. Like, and Brian Hoyer, I mean, I mean, he's, he's 38 years old, man. Like, he's <laughs> he's pretty old. He hasn't really thrown the ball too much the last few years. Um, I don't really see the upside of it. Like, I don't think he – I can say he gives you any better chance to win than O'Connell does. Like, I think your chances aren't great either way without Jimmy Garoppolo, but – I don't know. I just feel like, you know, at this point, you know, just just give the rookie a chance and then see what he has. Like, I don't think ideally with the, with concussion with Garoppolo, like if he'll be back next week, you know, at, at worst case scenario, like it's not like you're making a decision, you know, to, to throw O'Connell out there for the rest of the season or anything like that. But I think just giving him some some live reps against some non backups, you know, because I mean, in the preseason he played against mostly third string guys and guys that aren't on rosters right now. So I think, you know, seeing what he could do against actual starter and caliber NFL players could be, could be worth it. 
there only would be three reasons why you wouldn't want to start a, a rookie. It's one, you have a legitimate, legitimate backup veteran quarterback. They don't have that. Two, you're playing a really scary defense. You're not playing one. You're playing one of the worst in the NFL with the Chargers. And three, you can't pass block. The Raiders have one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in the league. So I just, I, you know, I, I just think the, the, Everything is there for them to start O'Connell, you know, if they want to make that decision. But oh, the reason for it would be you got a lot of season left. You can find a softer spot for him to come in and make that first start and kind of make himself feel better and confident and have, you know, the coaches look good. So I think throwing that in now, taking that risk now, I think it's not worth it to the Raiders as far as long-term projections and having some confidence in the kid going forward. So you find a softer spot in the schedule later on if this year goes off the rails. And you can kind of save that for later. Yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, it's Garoppolo's, it's a one-week thing, though. It's not like, I mean, if he was, like, done for the season or something. You say he started O'Connell and he's terrible. I mean, it's not going to be great for him, his confidence, or his team's confidence in him. So I just think, obviously, Jimmy's back next week or probably even this week. But I just think that if you're the Raiders, you're instilling this thing like, you know, it's a system is what's important. We believe in the system. This guy knows the system better than the rookie does, so he's our guy, and he'll give us a chance to win. I'm not saying that's correct, but I'm saying that's the message, I believe, that's being said uh, this week. We've kind of said for a while now that we figured Hoyer's role on this team was that if you need a guy to fill in for a week or to come in in the middle of the game, that that's Hoyer's role. If Jimmy suffers a long-term injury and you need him for multiple weeks, then you probably start Hoyer in that first game and then you start getting Aiden O'Connell ready and you give him a look if you need a guy to finish out your season. So even though I think we all would much rather watch Aiden O'Connell start at quarterback than Brian Hoyer, Hoyer starting is, is kind of how we've always figured the, uh, the situation would go, even though it's been 2016 is the last time that he won a game. Um, you know, the, uh, the opposed, the, the leading tackler in the game, the last time Brian Hoyer started a game, Luke Cookley? Dick Buckus. <laughs> Tahir Whitehead. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. 11 tackles for the for the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Bears won 17-14. That's a name from the past. Boyer threw wow. for uh, over 300 yards. He threw uh, had 300 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Threw a touchdown pass to Eddie Royal and another to Zach Miller. Matthew Stafford was the opposing quarterback in that game. Wow. Tahir Whitehead, another one of the great Raiders guys they paid money to to come in and help fix the defense. Here's the one that was going to come across the table at you, right? He was. Tashaun does not no, know that, that was, this was, was a legendary, legendary state of the nation moment where Tahir Whitehead told Vic, I'm, like, I'm about to come over the table at you. He was, was, he was, was great. He was smiling when he said it. But, I mean, yeah, I was definitely very critical of his play, which, um, and, not, and I guess it's not his fault to give him all this money. I mean, I would, I would take it too if you could give me a bunch of money to play a linebacker for you. But, I mean, he was playing. He was playing better at that time. That's why we had him on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. But, um, that's true. Yeah, good, good guy. Yeah. Shout out to here. I was talking a little bit about Sunday's game. They are heading to LA for a home game against the Chargers. We'll, we'll call it a home game because I know fans do not like it when we call it a road game. Because we know it's going to be 70 percent Raider fans there. It's a game that it's a chance to you know get back to five hundred. All that. Um, a Chargers team that has like Ted said their their defense has not been playing well at all um but it's it's going up against Justin Herbert who he has been playing well uh you know threw for 400 yards last week um what do we think going into this game i mean uh, is this an opportunity to to try to get that running game going against a defense that has not been able to do anything i mean especially if if it is Hoyer starting you would think 
that's that's where you gotta just kind of focus all your attention. But as we know, game scripts can get away from you, and you, you have to get away from that. But you would think that this is a an opportunity to hopefully get that ground game going. I don't know. I said that last week when they were going against the worst Russian defense in the NFL at that point, and didn't really happen too much. Yeah. It was hard to look at the Steelers and really judge who they were. Like you, We could say they were the worst offense in the league, but they also had played two top five defenses in the Niners and Browns. We could say they're the worst rush defense in the league, but they had played you know, Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey. So it's, you know, and I know, I know Chubb got hurt, but then, you know, Jerome Ford went. So it's, it's like, it, I think the Steelers, like we couldn't really judge who they actually were based on their first two games, just because, I mean, they played like two of the top five rushing attacks and two of the top five defenses. Yeah, that's fair. I, I still think I'm just going to have to see it from the run game at this point. Like the block, the blocking has just been really bad, like independent of like who they're going against. And I mean, Josh Jacobs is, is doing as much as he can, you know, making guys miss, but he's getting hit on average behind the line of scrimmage right now. And it's just, it's going to be tough to have, you know, a very efficient run game when that's the case. Um, but, you know, the Chargers offense, I mean, under Kellen Moore has been bombs away. Um, obviously, it looks like they've unlocked Justin Herbert and taken away some of the, the static stuff they've had in the offense in the past. And, and they're allowing him to push it deep down the field more often. Um, you know, it's a big loss for them losing Mike Williams to a torn ACL for the season. So we'll see how that affects the pass game. But I still think, you know, Herbert is going to be pretty difficult for this Raiders defense to contain. And so I don't think they have that great of a chance of slowing down the Chargers. And so if they're going to win this one, they're going to have to, you know, find a way to get this offense rolling and, and break out of this, this slump that they've been in. And defensively, ever since week one, the, the Raiders made some changes. They're playing a lot more man coverage than they did early in, in the year, in week one and last season, and they're blitzing more. So they're taking a bit of a riskier approach, uh, which I think is the right approach because they can't really get home with their front four. And I think, you know, Jacorian Bennett had a really good game against the Steelers. He had a couple bad plays with one defensive pass interference and one play he got picked on uh, a mesh route, but you know, I, I like his potential and he looks like a guy that could potentially be uh, your cornerback one. And he, I think right now the, the Raiders are looking at him like a cornerback one, but Marcus Peters is a little long the tooth and asking him to play too much bump and run coverage is um, not a winning business model. He got burnt on that Austin touchdown playing bump and run. They're playing more man coverage. Um, they're doubling guys. I think if you're going to double a guy, Marcus Peters has to be the corner that is doubling and not the corner that is playing one-on-one. I think that has to be Bennett on the other side. So if you're going to double a guy, obviously in this game is going to be Keenan Allen. If they're going to play as much man as they are, I want to see Marcus Peters follow Keenan Allen if that's what you're going to do and double him and have Bennett guard Quentin Johnson or Joshua Palmer or whoever um, the the Chargers are going to use as their number two guy. I do think the Raiders are going <clears> to <throat> be able to run the ball this week. I think they're that's obviously been their focus. I think Josh McDaniels has historically been good enough at protections and getting the right blocking things out there. I think the line will definitely play a little better. So, and again, the Chargers are not uh, that good against the run. So I think they will keep at it. I think they will finally break through this weekend and have some success running the ball. And again, it all, all depends on Jimmy. If Jimmy plays, then that, that could be a threat. If not... They have no chance to win. So I think um, assuming he plays, the run game gets better and we'll see the offense make some progress. I was going to say with Jimmy, I mean, we have to see if you know, he didn't practice yesterday and he's still in a concussion protocol. And so 
Um, have to see if he's able to get out there. This is rec- recording this before the Raiders practice today. If he's able to practice today or, or tomorrow, then obviously that'll change the math. But it's hard to say right now. But yeah, as Vic said, like if he's not out there, they're gonna get they're gonna get smoked. I mean, they might lose anyway, but there's there's no no real chance um, if if Garoppolo isn't playing. In terms of the Raiders' defense, what we keep waiting for is to see when and if they can find a way to force turnovers. And um, yeah, that was that was the story of their training camp is they looked like they had found that ability, and, and they have not um, in the season so far. And the Chargers are not a team that has given the ball away. So that, that's one thing that definitely works against them this week. Um, Justin Herbert has not thrown an interception. And I, I think maybe they have as a team one turnover, um, one giveaway. Um, you know, so they've been very, they've had a weird start to the season themselves, but they've been good offensively about protecting the ball. And, and certainly Herbert has been, uh, has been protective of the ball. And so like, if the turnovers are going to start coming, I, I don't know if this week is the, the week to expect them to start coming. And also Austin Eckler is going to, looks like he's going to be back for this game. And the Chargers in week one had 200-yard rushers. So they kind of abandoned a rush against the Vikings because they were blitzing so much. But that's also another aspect of this Chargers offense that the Raiders have to defend is is the running game. I wouldn't be surprised if they really leaned into it um, this week, especially with Eckler coming back. Yeah, so like Ted said earlier, they have to blitz. The Raiders have to blitz because they can't get home. They have to try and force some errors, I think. And But... It's tough against a guy like Herbert, who's so so good, has such a good arm, and clearly he's gotten better this year in terms of you know his patience and seeing the field better. So uh, it's a real tough ask for the defense, but they have to keep blitzing. They have to get lucky because I think teams are going to keep taking Max Crosby out of the game with double teams and chip blocks, and they're moving him around a little bit. He's playing a little inside and both sides, but he's a great player, but it's still tough when you get that much attention to kind of break through. So they need other guys to make plays, and... Uh, that will be the, the key for them this week if they have any chance to, to make a stand. Yeah, it seems like those training camp turnovers might have been because the offense can't 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 protect the ball too well, more so than the defense. But because they got because they, they have a quarterback who leads the league in interceptions. Yeah, that, that might have contributed just a little bit. And, and again, I mean, uh, Chandler Jones was not a great player, but he was good. And that that loss definitely has been felt. I mean, it's been a huge loss on that front line because the guys taking his place have not done much. Harry Wilson still a project and so uh he has been missed on the field for sure yeah and i mean we're not gonna berate the point of chandler jones um i'm sure anybody who who wants to have seen it has seen you know what he posted on thursday and is continuing to post and post and post he, he claims that he's going to take a social media break um that does not seem to be happening um you know we, we have a story up kind of he's making we're calling them unsupported claims um you know certainly vic and tashawn are are doing the work behind the scenes to look into a lot of the stuff that uh, that is being claimed is being put out there. Um, if we ever reach a point where we can report stuff, we will. Um, but at, at this point, you know, I think you, you kind of see what's going on with him uh, on, on social media, and it, it does not seem like he will probably ever be rejoining this team, um, and it's a, it's a tough situation. You know, I obviously want to be cautious against speculating too much with a situation like this. Um, you know, it, it seems... Chandler doesn't seem to be in the best place. And obviously, you know, before any, any football stuff, just want to, obviously we hope he's, he's okay as, as a human being and, you know, is able to, you know, get back to a better place, you know, sometime soon. But, you know, as it relates to the Raiders, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to see there being some sort of football resolution with the situation where it is right now. And that, that seems like the furthest thing from what's on the table. And so I wouldn't anticipate uh, a return anytime soon. And, you know, I, I can 
possibly explain what Chandler's thinking, but I think there was some hope in his earlier posts, like, well, maybe he can come back, maybe see, see there were some supportive tweets about the Raiders, but now I think that he realizes that's not going to happen. Today, it really escalated beyond the point of anything where it was some, some crazy shit. So I just think um, it's not going to be a happy ending, and I think uh, for him, I hope he uh, clearly gets some help and he's not doing that well. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's an ugly situation for, for all sides. All right, well, uh, no, no smooth way to transition out of that, but we will transition over to our predictions from this game. Our producer, Brian, wants, uh, wants us, before we make our game predictions, he wants an over-under bet on bad calls by Staley and McDaniels in the game. See, the, see, the thing about, like, the, the coaching matchup of Staley and McDaniels is, like, Brandon Staley makes some batshit crazy decisions, but, like, he le- I'll give him the idea that he at least can come up there and, and have, like, hey, this this is what I have that supports it. I mean, the mathematical models. I mean, you, like, and I, you, everybody is fully within their right to, like, rip a guy for just leaning on the mathematical models all, all day long and, um, you know, to say, hey, make a make a football decision that fourth and in inches from your 24 or with the other team having no timeouts, just punt the ball. Um, but at least, like, I mean, I, I there was something like a, going for it added eight percentage points of win probability. And they did run a play that they had run on fourth. They ran a variation of a play they had run on fourth down the week before. And the, the problem was uh, they, they used to run that play like using a fullback and they don't have a fullback on their roster anymore um, because they, they let their fullback go. So uh, they're, they're certainly definitely questionable Staley decisions. Whereas McDaniel's just like does shit with no explanation for it. Um, so it's like they, they both are, they both are very, odd coaches to uh to explain but come on brian you, you want us to make an over under bet but you haven't given us the over under number is it is it one and a half two and a half what are we uh what are we going here with here what uh what do we want to oh that's high three and a half three and a half go, i'll go high. i'll go i'll go under three and a half come that's on. a bad that's a bad line too under. high brian's gonna owe us all money for, for this line brian is not not owning a casino one day that's a bad number i think one and a half is probably a better number but um but yeah, I mean, these guys are always uh, <laughs> entertaining. They're always going to make you have a reaction uh, emotionally one way or another to their calls. So uh, that part should be fun. Honestly, I, I don't think the that fourth down decision was was a bad one. When you look at how bad the Vikings, de- I mean, the, the Chargers defense was playing at that point, and before that fourth down decision, they, had a, they were sixty six percent on third and ones and fourth and ones. So I kind of get what he was doing there. So I, I don't think that that was a terrible decision, but he has made some puzzling decisions in the past. Um, so we'll see. I don't think this game will be close enough to where one of these decisions is going to make or break the game. Um, but we'll talk about that when we make our predictions. I'm sick of these nerds, man. That was an awful fucking decision. It's four for one from your own 20 yard line. You got the lead. It was terrible. Punt the fucking ball. You got like a great punter. Like, I'm tired of all these models and statistics. Like, that was awful. It was stupid. And then the play call was, like, mis- a fullback dive. The play call is bad. That's that's what you go with? Like, that was the verse you chose? I don't like the play call. I don't hate the decision. I mean, your offense is way better than your defense. And your defense has given up the most explosive plays in the league by far. Their defense is, like, honestly, their defense is probably better positioned to defend the Vikings sitting at the 24 than if they are back at the the other 24 just because of how many explosive plays that they've given up that and they had just uh delivered a goal line stand the uh the vikings previous offensive drive so uh, i i don't i didn't i didn't hate that decision either that the play call was uh 
was not very inspired. But uh, if I have Justin Herbert leading my offense, I would rather trust them that than whatever they're running out there on defense. Which like it's still I still weird that their defense is trash because like they've got some solid players on that defense, but I, I don't understand why they're trash. Your defensive minded head coach seems to not be very good. Hey, he was really great when he had Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Uh, I wonder what happened. He's got to spend more time with the uh, defensive playbook than the analytics charts. <laughs> all right, let's let's uh, let's make some predictions here. Who wants to go first? We all were wrong last week. We all predicted the Raiders to win. We all were wrong. Uh, told, we apologize yeah, in advance. Yeah, I told you guys. That's my kiss of death. So we're going to assume that Jimmy plays in his predictions? I mean, I'm assuming he doesn't. I just Most guys that enter the concussion protocol tend to miss a game. I wouldn't assume that. I mean, unless you, you have some breaking news for us. No, no, I'm just saying, but if we're, if, if we're going to say he's not playing, then we're all going to pick him and get killed, right? I mean, so, but go ahead. I'll let you make two predictions. I'll let you make a Jimmy one. Yeah, I'm tired of Vic, Vic hedging his bets, man. You know, every, every week it's the spread. It's, it's this and that. He's going to pick a three-point loss if Jimmy plays. He's going to pick a 17-point loss if he doesn't. I know what he's going to do. Are we making predictions with Jimmy in mind or no? That was my question. Yeah, that was my question. You make what you think is going to happen. That's what we'll say. All right. So it's a two-part prediction. All right. I'll predict that Jimmy plays and the game is closer than people think it will be. I'll say um, Ray's defense is definitely a problem. So I'm going to say Chargers 30, Raiders 24. So Chargers cover the spreads, five and a half. Oh, wait. 30, 25. <laughs> Vic just realized uh, you picked the Raiders at Vic's picks. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go Chargers 34, Raiders 17. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play um, this week, um, just given how. What was your score? Chargers 34, Raiders 17. Yeah, I don't I don't have Jimmy playing this week. Like, the Raiders have been fairly conservative with concussions so far this year, even. Like, Dylan Parham had one in the preseason. I think he missed, like, two weeks. Jacoby Myers obviously had had a rough concussion in week one, didn't play the next week. Every concussion is different and every guy's different. And um, it seemed like Jimmy's situation was a little unique in that he, he self-reported and after the game. And that's why he got evaluated and he eventually found it. Um, but it seems like it would probably be prudent just to err on the side of caution and, and not have him play this week. And without him, I mean, with him out there, the offense hasn't been good. And without him, like I, especially if it's Brian Hoyer, like I might need to sh- shave down from 17 points, honestly. But like I, I don't think... I have too much of a chance. I think uh, Justin Herbert, he's he's on fire right now, and he's going to light up this defense. Yeah, I'm going to make my prediction assuming Jimmy plays, but they're going to lose 34 to 20. Probably have some red zone trouble, but they'll probably move the ball. Okay, don't see them stopping Justin Herbert and the Chargers running game. I think they're going to lean into it. So I don't think this game is going to be close. Yeah, Chargers are going to win. All right, I'm I'm going with Deshaun that I don't think Jimmy plays. I think, like I said, I, typically, especially with this team, like guys that suffer concussions have tended to miss at least one game. And so uh, I think at the quarterback position, going to want to be cautious. I mean, Garoppolo has tended to be cautious in terms of uh, when he's dealt with injuries, uh, missing time. And so I think uh, I think he does not play. I think they lose. I'll go 28-16. Big day. Daniel Carlson kicks three field goals. They uh, they find their way in the end zone one time, but 28-16 Chargers. What about a prediction if Aiden O'Connell's getting too, too far in the weeds? Starting, man. Too Kidding. far in the weeds. <laughs> Kidding. That'll wrap up this week's episode of State of the Nation. Vicky, you, you look like you have something to say. 
I was gonna say for Raider fans, I would hope that for them that Aiden O'Connell does not play, so therefore they still have hope that he, that he can be great in the future. They don't want to get their hopes crushed right now. So everyone's like, "Oh, Aiden O'Connell's the man, the preseason god. He's gonna save us." So keep that hope alive for a while. It's not preseason god. I've never heard that before. We've said that in here. So keep that hope, <laughs> keep that hope alive for a while. Let's not let's not crush all Raiders' dreams quite yet. So uh, that's why I think for for them, that's my wish. And I mean, hey, Raider fans, you're welcome. We all picked them to lose, so now they're going to win. It's a lock. Congratulations. Lock it in. Lock it in. All right, y'all. Well, that'll wrap up this week's episode. We will be back next week. And you ready for uh, Monday Night Football? It's the Packers. It's a big game. The Devontae Bowl. The Devontae Bowl. Big, big game. But uh, we'll see what they do on Sunday in uh, in L.A. in the front of a friendly crowd against the Chargers. All right, y'all. Adios. All right. Later. I will remember you.